0: Welcome to our Climate Change 101 series, in which we will explain climate terminology and relevant developments to provide you with a good foundation of the legal climate change space. In this session, we will talk to you about Scope 1, 2 and 3 emissions.
1: We will cover some common misconceptions about which activities fall within each of the three categories, as well as some practical difficulties that arise in relation to measuring and controlling these emissions. So what falls under Scope 1 and 2 emissions? So the category of Scope 1 emissions covers all greenhouse gas emissions that a company is directly responsible for producing. So specifically, this will include emissions which come from sources directly owned or controlled by the company, such as emissions from fuel combustion used in production processes, from company-owned vehicles, and fugitive emissions, which are unintentional leaks and irregular releases of harmful gases from appliances, storage tanks, and other pieces of equipment. On the other hand, scope 2 emissions are emissions associated with the generation of energy, for example, electricity, heat, and steam, which is purchased from third parties and used by a company. This includes emissions associated with the generation of electricity used to power offices and industrial processes, energy used to heat and cool buildings, or directly purchased heat, etc. Scope 2 emissions are considered to be indirect in that businesses don't typically have direct control over the energy generation process, and therefore they only have limited control over the emissions associated with it. However, companies have further influence over their Scope 2 emissions insofar as they can do some of the following. 1. Make their operations more energy efficient by reducing the volume of energy used. 2. Change their energy provider to one that supplies clean energy, or 3. Purchase electricity directly from renewable energy projects. Any of these measures would help to reduce a company's scope 2 emissions. That said, it may be more difficult to measure scope 2 emissions given that they are not directly produced, and companies will normally have to rely on the source data, often from their energy suppliers, to convert direct purchases of gas and electricity into a value in tons of greenhouse gases. This information may sit with the procurement, finance, estates management, or in a sustainability function within a company. That covers scope 1 and 2 emissions, but what are scope 3 emissions? Similar to scope 2 emissions,
0: scope 3 emissions are emissions for which companies are indirectly responsible. Specifically, this category covers all of the emissions associated with a company's upstream and downstream value chain. It therefore covers all of the emissions associated with a company's supply chain, such as transportation, as well as emissions created by a consumer's use of the product in question. For example, in the hydrocarbon sector, Scope 3 emissions would include a consumer filling up their car with petrol. In addition, Scope 3 emissions also include other indirect emissions, such as a company employee traveling to and from work or, or business travel the employee transportation actually lends itself as a good example to outline the differences between scope one, two, and three. Emissions caused by an employee using a company-owned vehicle will be scope one, whereas emissions from a leased vehicle will classify as scope two. Finally, where the employee commutes to work using a private car, the emissions will be considered as scope three emissions for the business. Because scope three emissions cover a company's entire value chain, scope 3 emissions can often represent the biggest category of emissions for that business. Unfortunately, though, it is also the category which businesses have the least direct influence over. This is because it can often be difficult for businesses to influence emissions by their supply chain as well as emissions by customers.
1: So it sounds like scope three emissions are particularly difficult for companies to control. Could you tell us what some of the specific misconceptions or challenges associated with scope three emissions are? The key thing is to understand that one
0: company's scope three emissions may be another company's scope one emission. For example, if a company operates in the construction industry, the emissions associated with the production of materials sourced. From its supply chain vendors will fall within its scope 3 emissions. However, those same emissions will be scope 1 emissions for the company which produced them. The main difficulty in relation to scope 3 emissions is their accurate quantification. In many cases, one company's scope 3 emissions will have been caused by multiple third parties and in some cases even millions of consumers. Therefore, it is very hard for companies to measure Scope 3 emissions accurately and independently, often with very little available third-party data. This is why it's important for companies throughout the entire supply chain to be engaged in monitoring and minimizing their Scope 1 emissions. At the same time, companies with large Scope 3 emissions can use their market influence To help decarbonize their supply chain by procuring cleaner products or services such as procuring cleaner transportation and prioritizing low carbon products. Thank you,
1: Anis. So this concludes our session. Thank you for listening and do make sure to check out some of our other recordings within our climate change 101 series.